Hi friends, a little note before we begin today. We had a little trouble with the audio recording on this episode. Now we do keep a backup, and we ran that backup through some processing and got it, well, in as good a shape as we could. But the fact is, the audio quality of this week's uh, material is going to be a little bit lower than what you're used to hearing from Pockets. We decided to put this episode out anyway because it's a story that I think needs to be told, and uh, one that I hope you'll enjoy hearing. So enjoy our interview with Miss Movies this week. Thank you so much for supporting us uh, and continuing to help the show, and always subscribing, listening, watching, telling friends about it. And I'd also like to thank our Patreon producers, most especially Nick Rie and Robert Nieder, whose generous support helps make the show possible. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Pockets Full Soup, the storytelling show. I'm your host, Jared Petty, and I'm joined tonight by Brianne Chandler. Hello. Hi. I'm Brianne Chandler. Uh, Brianne Chandler, you have a nickname. I do. What, what, what is your nickname? My nickname is Miss Movies. I've had this nickname since 2004. 2004. How did, you, how did you get a 2004 era nickname? 12 year old nickname. Uh, how were you dubbed Miss Movies? It, I'm glad you asked, Jared, because. Back in 2003, I graduated college. Okay. And after I graduated college, I went and I was getting my teaching credential. Where did you graduate college? I graduated from USC. Okay. And um, I, gra- I, my, I had a theater degree. What do you know? Theater. Yes. Okay. I wanted to teach high school theater. And so um, I went and actually like did some hours in a high school and realized I didn't like high school students. But I thought, <laughs> you know what? What was it about the high school students you didn't uh, like? They weren't like I was when I was in high school in terms of like, I really liked my classes. Okay. And, um, and I noticed there are kids that don't really like their classes. Surely not. And I was just like, nope, not going to work with that kid. Students who don't <laughs> yes. like class? I didn't realize there were, while uh, I was in high school, I didn't realize there were people that didn't want to be there. Okay. You know so you, you, so you just, you know, you come out and you're like, I liked high school. I want to teach. You go through yes. four years of education. Come out, you've got your credential, mm-hmm. and you discover, oh wait, they don't like this. But how did this? You know, I didn't up? have my credential yet. Okay, I just did the hours and was like, don't like high school kids. Then I was thinking, you know what? I still kind of like this teaching aspect. Maybe I should go figure out something with that. Okay. I went and visited my second grade teacher and said, hey, can I watch your class? Okay. And I loved it, and that's when I decided I was going to get my elementary school teaching credential. No, when you say uh, when you say uh, your second grade teacher, yes. like the one that you one went I to had. as a student, yes. so you went back, found, wow. I oh. did. Well, my mom was a teacher, and she worked in the same school okay. as my second grade teacher. All right. So that's why it made it a little bit of an easier transition to find my second grade teacher. So now we, now we know about elementary school, but we still don't know how you yes. became Miss Movies. Yes, okay, so while I was getting my credential, I was working in my mom's classroom. Okay. And then um, ended up moving out to Los Angeles while still getting my credential. Okay. And my boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband, um, had said to me, you love movies. Yeah. You should have a blog. Let me get you started with a blog. Let's figure out a name. And I was like, the name should be Hit or Miss Movies. Oh, that's adorable. So we just went with Hit or Miss Movies. Hit or Miss Movies. And then I was like, maybe I should be Miss Movies. Like at some point it dawned on me. It's Hit or Miss. Okay, so the Hit or Miss Movies came before you were going to assume the no more Miss Movies. That's fantastic. I love That's very clever. Are you still, do you still write Hit or Miss Movies? I don't. There. Okay, this is actually goes along with my who am I thankful for. Okay, well, do you want so, to just jump right in then? Let's just jump right in. All right, so uh, guys, we're going to hop right in with the question that we always start with until I decide to change it, and that is, uh, tell us about somebody you're thankful for. I'm thankful for my husband, Jeff oh, Chandler. I believe that's our first spousal thank you uh, here on Pockets Full of Soup. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about it too. I think you're the very first person to do that. And I'm thankful for him for a number of reasons, but one of which is because I was able to create hit or miss movies. Yeah. And that was something that wouldn't have existed without him because he kind of fostered that and he bought the domain and like got it all set up and showed me how to code a little bit so I could make this website. Okay, this is in 2000... 2004. Okay, about 2004. Mm-hmm. Wow, okay, so you were fairly early into blogging then. I yes. mean, it's, I remember I, uh, I, I worked uh, at a IT office in college and around 1999, 2000, I had a friend that kept uh, communicating in a very primitive form of, of long-distance kind of face chat, 
uh-huh. uh, with someone in, uh, I believe in California, a place called Pyro Studios. And he said she was working on something they called Blogger. And he said, it's going to change everything. It'll be so easy. And I was like, it's just a web page. What are you talking about? Anybody can do that. He's like, no, no, people will be able to write whatever they want. I, and I didn't get it. Well, right. you know, Google bought Pyra a couple of years later, and that was that. And now we have the words become uh, ubiquitous. So you were in this very early. So you are thankful for your husband. His name's Jeff, right? Yes. Jeff Chandler. And let's, uh, before we get to the blog, let's mm-hmm. jump to what fundamentally... You obviously you like him. You marry him. Yes. Generally speaking, we marry people we like. That's right. Why? Why, why is he the guy him? you chose? Oh, yeah. Um, why would you marry that I guy? I wouldn't be here talking to you today without him. Okay. Well, let's so get there. there then. Tell that story. Let's start with the narrative. Okay. Okay. Yeah. He. Uh, you, you meet this dude where? I met him in college. Okay. We were in the Greek system. Okay. And so, uh, for those that don't know, the Greek system is the fraternities and sororities. Right. And. Um, Basically, I met him at a Dance Dance Revolution party that was happening in one of the guys' rooms in the frat house. And I and it was just a small group of us that were like at this Dance Dance Revolution party, and he was there and I was there. You're at the University of California. What was your story? Uh, I was in Alpha Phi. Okay, and he was in? He was in Pi Kappa Phi. Okay, and I was never in the Greek system. Are Dance Dance Revolution parties an important part of Greek culture in American colleges? I don't know if they are, but um, this was like very... Dance Dance Revolution at the time was very new on the scene. This was 2002, okay. or maybe 2001. Yeah. 2001, 2002 is when we so, met. There's still when that, that fever was sweeping the world. Yes. There's, there's nothing happier and sadder than, than coming across a, a you know 20-year-old DDR machine uh, sitting in a sad corner of a bowling alley <laughs> with this kind of faded monitor and just kind of... Until you see somebody maybe in their mid, late 30s sometimes walk up to it, step onto the platform, and transform instantly into a ninja acrobat. Uh, have you ever seen have you witnessed this phenomenon? Like, it's it's like muscle reflex. It never goes away for people. What's interesting is I have zero talent in being able to play that game. Neither Jeff nor I played it that night. We watched other people play it, and there was, like, all this, you know, music and, like, everything else that was going on. You went to a Dance Dance Revolution party with no intention of dancing? Oh, no. And you met a guy who wasn't dancing? Yes. Isn't that weird? You guys were, like, the DDR (laughs) Wallflowers? That's fantastic. That sounds like a great band name. The DDR Wallflowers. Yeah, it's like patent pending. Uh, let's, let's, let's claim that. It's not as good as hit or miss movies and you being miss movies. But right, we'll, we'll get right. there. So, what? okay, so you're you're at the end. There's this guy. Can you, what, first, first sight, what's it like? Um, well, it was one of those situations, actually. This is interesting. Where we didn't realize that we had met each other. <laughs> but I was like, I talked to this guy on the couch and I had a great conversation with him. And then, um, you know, a few months later, I was like, is that the same guy from the, ca- you know, like, wait, you, that was you, you know, okay. more, more of that, that was you that I was talking to at this party. So and you met on had the same thing with me, like, I, oh, we have met. We have met, but you, okay, so what did you, th- do, do either of you remember anything you talked about that night? Oh, no, of okay, course not. not at all. No. All right. Mm-hmm. So you met on a couch at a yep. DDR party. Yeah. <laughs> and then you went your separate ways. Yes. Not all that much of an impression at the moment. No. When did your paths cross again? Um, our paths crossed a few months later. A friend of mine in the sorority was like, this guy th- thinks you're cute. And I was like, I, who is that? I don't know. And, and then I was like, oh, okay. Like, I'll go talk to him. I'll yeah. meet him or whatever. Okay. And, and that was that. this guy thinks you're cute. Yeah. All right. And <laughs> he didn't remember the couch. He's just no, like, hey. No, And there you go. So when did it click? How did you know you'd met? Um, I think it was probably on our first date. Okay. Which was? Oh, our first date was to a, a lovely establishment called Lucky Boy in Pasadena. Lucky Boy? Mm-hmm. L- yes. Lucky Boy sounds kind of like a, a, a manga series to me. <laughs> you like, know what it is? What is Lucky Boy? Lucky Boy is a restaurant, and I feel like it's parodied on Saturday Night Live, where, oh. um, is it Dan Aykroyd? I don't know. One of them that, like, shouts the order at the person. It's oh. like... Just like screaming at cheeseburger, you? Cheeseburger, cheeseburger. Oh, it's a cheeseburger, cheeseburger. cheeseburger. Yes. Okay, like a greasy <laughs> spoon type I of. think that they like did it specifically. Oh, no kidding. Okay, so Lucky Boy's like a greasy spoon. Mm-hmm. Why did you guys pick Lucky Boy? Is that his idea? It was his favorite place. He grew up in Los Angeles. So okay. He knows his way around. And um, we were going to go to what's called the 2-9, which is near campus, and it's where a lot of people go, but it was super okay. crowded, and he was like, 
we're not going to be able to talk here. Why don't we go to this other place that I like? All right. I had no idea that it would be like miles away. A loud, greasy spoon. Mm-hmm. So he knows how to impress a girl. <laughs> yes. He was like, I knew that that was like my test. Like I knew if you were cool with going to this place, then we could probably date. So he wasn't trying to impress you. <laughs> he was testing you. Yeah. To see like, are you going to be like, no, I don't want to go here. And or... you passed. Yeah, because it was great. It was like, delicious. Okay. So they <laughs> yell at you, but the food's really good. Cheeseburgers? Is yeah. that what it is? It's like a burger um, joint? Yeah, they have pretty much everything. It's okay. like Greek. There's a lot of Greek food. Okay. I had a gyro. It was yeah. delicious. So you had a gyro. Okay. That's mm-hmm. And uh, I, I love Greek food. Um, they still live in Melbourne, Florida, which is has a surprisingly wonderful amount of Greek food. Um, and and I, the, what? Tarpon Springs. Have you been there? No. Oh, no. That, Tarpon Springs would have some good Greek food. It's a Greek village on the Florida Gulf Coast. Mm-hmm. They transplanted a Greek fishing village, or sponge diving village, actually, from... Uh, from uh, Europe to the United States in, I believe, the late 19th century. Mm-hmm. And everybody just, not everybody, but a tremendous number of descendants stayed around. So you can walk and people are still speaking Greek in the cafes and some of the nice. best Greek food you'll ever have. Yeah, Tarpon Springs, Florida. But uh, back to back to, to Jeff the husband. So yes. you're thankful for Jeff the husband. He tested you. Yes, he did. How did you feel about that? Um, I didn't really consider it a test, so okay. I wasn't, you know, he was, I don't know. All right, so so we have, we've gotten so far as he doesn't like to dance DDR, yes. he doesn't remember you on the couch, and he challenges you with either. food. Okay, right. so we're two and a half in here. <laughs> so, you're thankful for this dude. Let's hear why. What makes Jeff a dude you want to marry and stay married to? That's a great question. Um, he... There's so much, he has a lot of passion for um, the things that he does. Mm. Like, he is really good at working on cars. And that's something he did for a long time. Um, And you can just see it. And the fact that he wanted to, like, help me make, like, help me take a passionate subject for me and, like, actually create something from that. Yeah. And being able to help me realize that I could do so. Like, I can write about it, and I can talk about it. So you saw passion for something in him, but he saw passion for something in you and wanted to build on that. Yes. So let's get to that part of the story, because we've, okay. we've danced around it a couple of times. So I've, I've led us astray down many tangents. Sure. Got the, you know, the, the DDR wallflowers and all the rest. Mm-hmm. But you're Miss Movies. That's yes. your thing. Now you, you run multiple movie-themed podcasts, I right? Do. What are they? I have a show called Six Degrees of Feature Film, which I run with Stacy Howard. And what we do is we take one film and we show how six other films link up to it in some crazy way, shape, or form. Which is a tremendously cool concept. It's fun. Yeah, it's, it's a, a good, fun time. It's a neat thing. <laughs> then you have. And uh, then I also have uh, a smaller show called Movie Pillow Fights mm-hmm. with Stacy as well. And what we do on that show is we basically like take one question from Twitter about movies and we answer it for those that submit questions. And sometimes we fight about it, sometimes we don't. But okay. it's also a way for us to like announce who's going to be on our podcast this week. So okay. it's, it serves as that as well. And then your third. And the third one, which is the newest, is called Film Therapy. And what I do with Film Therapy is I basically have a guest and I ask them three questions. And it's a storytelling show. <laughs> and we show how film affects us in our actual lives. Oh, so, so kind of a kind of a downbeat sort of thing, sort of like this. Yes. Okay, cool. And this is where I got the inspiration for oh, one oh. of the one of the places where I got the inspiration for oh, that. I feel special and happy <laughs> now. That's kind of you to say. So uh, I I but this all started with the hit or miss movies blog. Yes. And this was your husband looking at your passion. So you were in you you went to school to be a teacher, a drama drama teacher. Right. You go to high school, discover that high school students are. Stinky and horrible. <laughs> yes. And so you decide, hey, how about these elementary school students? Mm-hmm. Somehow you go from teaching elementary school to hit or miss movies and running three movie podcasts. Right. And now, your husband and his appreciation of your passion, you say is the center of this. Let's hear that. Story. Yes. So um, when I started the hit or miss movies, I was doing that alongside getting my credential and master's degree. Okay. Um, that was just something like if we, we would go to a movie every week sometimes two movies a week so there would be times when we had already seen everything that was out okay which was kind of nice so i would we would see a lot of movies and then um i would just write about whatever ones we went to okay i would try to make it short you know a brief synopsis what i think and Mm -hmm. hit or miss 
Okay. That was, that was it. So your scale is hit, miss. Yes. No meh in between. That's the hard part because okay. there are some meh in betweens, and you're like, which way do I go on this? But you decided to have a binary scale mm -hmm. because it was a really cool name for a blog, or right. because okay, <laughs> all right, exactly. And your husband, you say, encouraged you to do this. How? How? Tell me about the conversation or conversations that led to this. That led from you going from a classroom teacher to somebody who was spending time mm -hmm. growing what became a, a very important part of your life as, as a movie content maker um, well, or entertainment content. It started with, you know, just sit, us going to movies and I would talk with him about the movies and I'd say, I just want to talk with other people about movies too, not just you. Okay. And then he was like, well, here, let's get, let's start to build an audience in some way, okay. shape or form. So we started there with the website mm -hmm. and then, um, that's a lot of work, right? I mean, because this is a time work. setting up a page back then was probably even harder than it is today. Yeah, I probably need to like get back on it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> so. I, 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 well, it's rough. It's hard to do. It is. So, how did he help you? Um, he taught me a little bit of coding, okay. some basic coding, yeah, and um, just got me set up, and I was able to go in and get it started. And my website actually was the reason that I started podcasting in 2007 with a show called The Film Vault, which okay. is actually a pretty popular show on iTunes. It's generally in film and television, it's a lot of times in the top 10 and top 50. It's never left the top 250 if you look at like the okay. charts. So, would, would you be doing this now if it weren't for him? No. Why? I just don't think I ever would have thought of starting a blog. Yeah. I never would have thought of... Um, doing a YouTube, you know, show at all. Yeah. So, no, this would not exist without him. Has he ever stopped you from quitting? No. No? Okay. There was one time, um, this is going to get kind of dark on this podcast, but there was one time where um, it was, let me, let me kind of go, take you on a little journey. Okay. So, uh, there was a time when my husband was working for Warner Brothers and then decided we are I'm going to work for Riot Games. Okay. And Riot Games is on the other side of town. Mm -hmm. And in Los Angeles, you're either going to commit to having a really horrible commute your entire time of working there or you're going to move. Okay. And he said I am not going to I'm not going to commute. Okay. Which meant we need to move. All right. And I was, we already had our daughter, she mm -hmm. was going to be two in December, and I was pregnant with my son who was about to be born, Wow! and, um, so, and I knew that meant I was going to be quitting my job, which I wasn't doing full time when my daughter was born, I was doing a part time job for okay. teaching, and that was the best job ever for teaching, like best job ever. What was the job? The job was... Um, called Response to Intervention. It was four days a week, and I taught reading, specialized reading. We would um, group the kids by level. Okay. And then um, I had first, third, and fifth, so an hour for each. And then I was done. I just taught them their reading and then left, and that okay. was it. So I didn't have to grade any papers. Just I didn't have to go do in, teach it, yes. get it done. Wow. And it was so, it was the best job. That does sound like, chill and fascinating. You get to help people. Yes. You know, wow, that's Sounds lovely. So you were gonna have to move across town. You're gonna have to quit your job. You're pregnant. He's looking at a complete career shift here. Yes. And, you, and then what happened? And then um, once we moved, um, and shortly after my son was born, that's when. Um, and I had already at this time I had started a podcast. I had started a podcast in early 2012. Okay. So this was this was 2012 about August. Okay. So my podcast was still going, and once that once that came through, I was like, I don't. Once we move, I don't know how I'm gonna keep this up and mm -hmm. and do the blog and do my do the film vault with the gentleman that I was doing that with, and um, it all just kind of imploded on me, oh. and I went into a really deep depression about the time when my husband said to me like, the website hit or miss movies has um expired and mm -hmm. we missed the time to oh. renew it and because it was on it it went it went to a different email that oh, we forgot no. about oh so someone had taken it over so you've lost your domain 
I had lost oh, it. Oh, that's rough. And I just, I, that was kind of like, I'm shutting the door. Because you've been building for five years at that point, yes. right? Or not five years, uh, eight years. Hit yeah. or Miss Movies was eight years at that point. Yeah. Huh. So what did you do? So I basically like put out a thing like I'm not going to be doing hit or miss movies anymore. It was actually in 2014 that I decided to leave the film vault because my position with them, I would only come on to do a a short segment with them. And a lot of times it was weekly and then it turned into monthly and then it turned into every three months. Semi-regularly. And then it turned into every six months. And I was like, there's no point. For me to be here anymore. So you stepped away from that. So I stepped away from that, and then I just said I'm I'm gonna be not doing my podcast anymore, and I didn't know if I wanted to be Miss Movies anymore. I kind of wanted to close it all up, but I left I left my Twitter open. Okay. In as hit or miss movies. Okay. Or as Miss Movies, I should say. So you kept the nickname. So what changed? How did he How did he help you? Well. Um, it's hard because when you go into depressed, a depressed state, the people around you are kind of frozen. They don't really know how to help you. And they don't know, they, a lot of people don't want to approach you and say, how can I help you? I know you're going through something, um, which is hard because sometimes when you are going through it, you want someone to say that to you. Was this the first time you'd fallen into a deep depression in your marriage? In my marriage, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, in my life, I'll say no, because mm-hmm. I definitely, after um, after high school, I wasn't going away. I wasn't going to USC right away. Okay. Like, I had to go to junior college for one year, and, like, I was really depressed about not, not leaving for college. Mm-hmm. And so I would sleep most of the day. And, and uh, at that time, my mom was able to be like, all right, we're going to go to this counseling center. And, and that really helped. Um, and then moving to Los Angeles was a little bit hard, too, mm-hmm. because um, because I felt like I wasn't, I didn't know what I was going to be doing. I was knew I was going to be finishing my credential. And I lived with my in-laws before I was married to my husband for three years. Okay. And, like, I didn't really know, like, what that was all going to be like. And the first few months were kind of hard to transition for me. That's a tremendous change. That time of your life is a tremendous mm-hmm. change anyway. And then right. here you have kind of an amplified version of that. It's mm-hmm. sort of like you don't know, a new place. And a, right. But then you're, this this depression after you were married, you've been married for some time at that point. Right. You have two children. You've lost something you spent right. years putting together. You're seeing your hopes and aspirations not go the way you wanted them to, mm-hmm. a lot of bad incidents at once, you become depressed. And you told me for this cast, you told us for this cast, your husband's the person that you most, that you wanted to thank tonight. Mm-hmm. But you also say here, you looked in and the people outside you, it seems there's kind of a frozen thing. Can you describe right. what that's like? Um. It's really hard. It's almost like I walked through those those like two years. I'd say from 2012 to 2014 was when I was really depressed. So a long period of time. It's and I don't know if we would call it postpartum depression. You may. Um, that's definitely a part of it okay. because I didn't know how to juggle two kids. Like there was a. It was just a whole a lot of changes all at once. And I'm very much a no changes are great person. <laughs> so um, I like comfort. But, yeah, there was one person that I reached out to and was like, I need you to tell my husband that I need help. Oh, so you didn't tell him directly? You no. Somebody else. Why did you choose to do that? Do you, do you know? Um, I felt that if it came from someone else, maybe, maybe there would be more of an emphasis to listen. Did you feel like at the time you were trying to communicate it to him and he wasn't able to hear it before that? Um, you know, I'm not sure. The The other part about him taking a job change was that he was traveling a lot, too. Mm-hmm. That was one part of, of his new job. Yeah. And um, so the fact that there was a new job in different hours, because yeah. like with Warner Brothers, it's like nine to five. Hey, you're yeah. here. You're gone. And so that's really nice. But now, now I'm moving into the 
you're there from 10 to 10, mm -hmm. you know, and I don't see you and I don't know how to put the kids to bed and I don't know how to juggle all this. The hours were very, very different. Right. Doing what he did. So his life was changing tremendously too. You're mm -hmm. falling into a deep depression and you talked to someone else, had them mm -hmm. talk to him about yes. Did that work? It did. I think he said, why don't we, because we had a someone that was going to help with our kids a few days a week and he said let's what how can we make this how can we help mm -hmm. and I said I need at least another day with our caretaker yeah. and she was basically what they call a mother's helper okay. so that's someone that works alongside you yeah like you're still there you're not they're not technically right. I mean they're babysitting but they're not they're yeah not you're there really. you're, you're yes. part of what's going on right so in the midst of that um, how did you find yourself working through issues of depression? And depression is something I'm very familiar with. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I know depression very well. Yes, it's an old uh, friend. Isn't yeah, it? it is. And, and, <laughs> and um, all of us experience things a different way, so I don't want to presume either. Right. But how did you and your husband come out the other side of this? Um, there's a, okay, one time I, I tweeted at you because you had asked who are you thankful for and one time I said I'm thankful for Dr. Melman because he saved my life. Mm -hmm. So here's where Dr. Melman comes into the story. Um, I decide like, you know what, I think for our children's sake we should go have physicals and make sure that we are, you know, everything's working. And yeah. we're on the other side of town, we need a new doctor. Yeah. So I had heard Dr. Melman was great. Okay. So I made this appointment for us to go see Dr. Melman, and during my appointment, and it always comes down to the end part where like, anything else you want to tell me? Yeah. And so um, at the end I just said, I have suicidal thoughts. And he said, how long have you been having suicidal thoughts? And I said, um, 17 years. And he said, and when did you start taking birth control? And I said, 17 years ago. Hmm. And that he, was the first place he went? Yeah. And he said, okay, well, here's what I think. I want you to stop taking it. And I feel like that's going to help you tremendously. And that could be why you're having these suicidal thoughts. Okay. And, um, and actually, I don't even think I answered that I started taking it 17 years ago, mm -hmm. I just like started crying immediately because huh. I knew like this is probably why because I had said to him also like when I was off of birth control, when I was getting pregnant, I didn't have these thoughts mm -hmm. and I never put it together Okay. on my own. It was someone else that had to say, hey, guess what? <laughs> was he right? He was right. Um, it, he said to me though, it's not going to go away entirely. Yeah. So we're going to set you up with um you know a therapist yeah so he said well, i'm going to do a follow-up and you can if you would like to you can bring me a list of people that you know you research and i'll let you know okay you want my recommendations and things like that so i did that yeah. and that was that day that we had had this discussion was march 17th yeah. 2000 what year is it 2015 and he said have you ever told anyone this? Mm. And I said, I've never talked about this before. So you've never told anyone? Not never. your husband? This has no. been my secret that I've kept no. for 17 years. So I immediately go home. He said, you need to, at the very least, tell your husband. Because you're going to have to make changes. And I was like, all right. So I go home and I say, hey, I have something to tell you. And um, and he was like, you, I, why? Why haven't you ever told me this before? Like, because you have told me before when we've talked about, you know, suicide, which has come up before because his um, his his aunt committed suicide. You have said before, like, I don't understand how people can have those thoughts. And I was like, well, I do, you know, and and so I didn't want to say well, I do, you know, because I'm like, oh, other people don't have these thoughts. And so the entire time, because of that, you've never said anything. Right. Well, I never said anything to anyone. Right. So how did he respond when you told him? He was surprised, but then he said, how can I, you know, how can I help you? And You know, first surprise and second, how can I help you, is a pretty great response yeah. uh, from, from somebody when it comes to, 
to something. That that thank you for telling me that. That's that's marvelous. And, and uh, I mean that doesn't fix everything. No, I mean, not at all. <laughs> it doesn't fix everything at all. But first surprise, and then mm-hmm. how can I help? And what's interesting is I'm very open about talking about it now. Yeah. Like I will talk about it on my show. Um, but it was interesting to go through. It's almost kind of like what people do in AA when they have that step where they need to contact people. Yeah. Um, and this was my I need to co- I need to contact people and let them know. And every single person. Well, my mom was probably the hardest one mm-hmm. to tell because. I feel like she was like, how come you never said anything mm-hmm. to me? I'm like, well, it's kind of hard to say things to people when you're feeling something you, you think you shouldn't feel. I understand that pretty well. Yeah. Um, again, I don't know exactly what's going on inside you, but um, suicide has had power in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it has power in a lot of people's lives. Many of us have known and loved people who committed suicide or tried to commit suicide or who want to commit suicide. Right. And some of us are those people. Um, what do you have to say if, to anybody that's been in a situation like yours? Um, I give this advice, advice, I don't know if that's the right word, but I let people know that for those that are in that situation like um, and that don't know what to do mm-hmm. if you want help which there were many times where I wanted help but I didn't want to say anything like because I didn't know how to ask for it yeah. I think it's more of a be very specific with people because they want to help you those like frozen mannequins that are like I don't know you're suffering I don't know how to help you I'm not gonna ask because yeah. they're afraid. People are afraid to ask you, like, how can I help you? Someone's not going to say, how can I help you? Yeah. You have to say, I need you to do this for me. Mm-hmm. And when you say that to someone, they will respond. Yeah, you and I are not healthcare professionals. We're not mm-hmm. Dr. Malmer. Right. Um, and so, I, I, but I think that it's always good to tell people, find Find a person to articulate it to, find a professional to articulate it to. There is help out there. Um, And telling telling the right person is always a good idea uh, in a situation. I'm glad it's made. I mean, you're talking about a year ago, and now you're you're talking in front of a camera about it. And I I realize that's a tremendously fundamental. Not everybody's talking in front of a camera about it. You know, you're choosing to do it. The point is, it can change. It can change. That uh, would help. And uh, the other part is, from the moment you say you want help to the moment you actually get help can be a very big void. Like that can be where people, you know, do take their own life because they can't figure out how to get the help. Yeah. And I fell into that void of I knew March 17th I need to get help. I'm taking the first steps to get that help. It wasn't until October of 2015 that I actually saw a therapist, found a therapist, yeah. because I didn't understand my options. Right. I thought maybe I can only do what my healthcare provider has. Maybe mm-hmm. I can only see those people. Those people, guess what? I can't take new patients because they're completely booked. Yeah. And then it's like, now what do I do? I'm really thankful for a program called MOPS, which is Moms of Preschoolers. Mm-hmm. Um, which I know MOPS. Yeah, yeah, which my church does. Um, that's how I found a therapist because one of the girls that was at my table was like, oh, I love my therapist. She's the best. And I was like, who is your therapist? I don't care if she doesn't take my insurance. Like, yeah. I need to see someone. And that's, that's something, I, I think that's a beautiful thing to emphasize because healthcare can be such a jungle in the United States, it such is. a nightmare. And it's one thing where I honestly, and I really hope that I do do this, like I want to start a nonprofit where I am a therapist broker. Like people who don't know how to find a therapist. Because it can be so difficult. I I mean, I have a lot of experience with this and a lot of people who do. It can be ridiculously difficult, but they are there and there are kind, capable professionals out there who take sliding scales and who will see you and no matter what your anxieties and frustrations of trying to get that first appointment 
if you have to walk through the doors of the emergency facility and tell them they will help you and they will find somebody and they will make it work and they will save your life and they can get that. They absolutely uh, will do that. And even if you call like a suicide hotline, yeah. they they will not like let you hang up with them until they get you someone that can help you. Um, I'm so glad you talked about this. I really am. Yeah, we've ended up on a different path than yeah. I expected. Um, but at the same time, I'm happy that that you that you ended up heading down this. I let me ask you this: We we came up here originally talking about your thanks for your husband, and you come out in a very different place. You're obviously still in a process mm-hmm. of healing, but right. a lot's changed. Tell me one thing, if you don't mind. Tell us one thing, yes. just to wrap up this part. Okay. Today, you've been married. A long time. Almost uh, 10 years. Yeah, almost 10 years. Today, not when you met him, not through the course of everything. Today, what are you most thankful about regarding your husband? I'm most thankful that he wants the best of me. And I see that in, you know, anytime I say, I really, I want to start this. Or I want to go up to San Francisco and be on this show with a bunch of guys. And all he says is, how can we make that happen? Miss Movies, before we move to the second part of the show, uh, I'd like to very much thank you, our viewers, our listeners, our patrons, at all, etc., uh, for your generous support. Most especially, uh, Xavier Sainamont-Tremblay and Robert Nita, our Patreon producers, whose generous and constant support helps make this show possible. If you want to send in a thank you, show, uh, please send it to mail at pocketfullofsoup.com. Also, uh, in the midst of this part, which I hope you're not skipping on your iPod right now, uh, or other oh, iPod, I'm so old, uh, on whatever you're listening on, uh, subscriptions really help. Uh, and uh, hey, if you want to go to Patreon and uh, support the show financially, that's really helpful too. So if you want to do that, uh, I really do appreciate it. And regardless, thank you so much for watching and listening. Now, on to... Instant noodles. Oh, right. excellent. Yeah, so I, uh, you told me you kind of prepped up oh, for this part. I did. All right. I did. Oh, I you brought notes? Show. I have notes. You are officially the most prepared guest we have <laughs> ever had. We are sitting right now in, in a corner of a of a, the world's smallest hotel <laughs> in San Francisco. Uh, I've always wanted to, to like, so Truman Capote like to write in hotel rooms. Oh, I've uh-huh. always wanted to create art of some kind of a hotel room. I think this is the closest I'll ever here actually get. But uh, here we are. So yeah. this is it. All right. Instant noodles. It's going to be, first off, the age-old question. Mm-hmm. What is best sandwich? Best sandwich. I'm so glad you asked. Okay. If I'm making it for myself, yeah, it's a BLTA. Okay. What would BLTA? Yes. So bacon. Yes. Lettuce. Yes. Tomato. Yes. Alpaca. Avocado. Oh, you throwing the avocado on there? Okay. So, now, is this a is this a California thing? Yes. Or, it okay. Is. All right. I love that bacon, lettuce, tomato. What yes. makes, what the avocado makes it perfect? It does. Put a little celery salt on that. Ooh, Ooh so celery good. Celery salt. So good. Is there anything in life celery salt doesn't make better? I don't think so. All right. So. B-L-T-A. That's There's, if I'm making it. Okay. If someone else is making it, I specifically like a tuna melt from Burgie's Sandwiches in La Cunada, California. Okay. Wow, so you have two first, but it's based on whether you're making it for yourself. Mm-hmm. or if they're, And what is this again? What's this place? It's called Burgie's. Burgie's. It's and just a sandwich shop and in La Cunada. Mm-hmm. I love the tuna melt. I go every. I go to anywhere I go that has sandwiches. I try the tuna melt. I'm like, not as good as Burgie's. All right, so like, that's, that's the, that the, the gold standard. <laughs> yes. I... I, I'm on it. I'm in the quest for the. Uh, I'm in the quest for the uh, uh, perfect curry in America. Um, I keep looking for the best Japanese curry in America. Um, even now, I, I, I I'm hunting, uh, but the best I found in the states is still Kokoichiban in L.A., which is just oh. kind of a Japanese chain that uh-huh. came to the states. You been to Kokoich? No. Okay, you live in L.A., right? Yeah. Okay, so go to Koreatown, mm-hmm. Kokoichiban your curry. Um, Get the eggplant and mushroom if you like those vegetables. Eggplant and mushroom curry, maybe a spice level about four, three to four hundred grams of rice. There, magnifique. Nice. So good. Japanese curry is like more sweet than spicy. It's it's, it's, it's like any other curry. Sorry, I like to talk about curry. (laughs) So that's what is best sandwich. Yeah, I was saying L. No, yeah, B L T A. I was thinking of the there's a there's a food truck in San Francisco called Bacon Bacon, Uh uh, and they make a sandwich called the L G B T. 
okay. which is the lettuce uh, lettuce goat cheese uh, bacon and tomato. And, I like uh, it. Yeah, I, I think that would be these really good, really good. All right. Next up, good food trucks in San Francisco. Um, have you done the San Francisco food truck? Yet? No, mm. I haven't. Food trucks are kind of put above. Really good. Might We've got some good ones in LA too. I've heard that. Lie. I've tried it. What's the best food truck in LA? Uh, Kogi is pretty Ooh. great. What's Kogi? Um, uh, some sort of meat that is delicious. Some sort of meat that is delicious. <laughs> uh, what's the uh, first word that comes to your head when you hear the sound of your own voice? NPR. Is that a word? <laughs> that, that's the <laughs> best word. That's the best word. Welcome to the delicious dish. That's right. Um, NPR. You got an NPR NPR voice? I used to have uh, my nickname on the film vault was NPR because okay. I um, just have a soothing sound and I would do my segment. You are soothing. Yeah. So yeah. people would call me NPR. It's a very pleasant, particular voice, and I enjoy listening to it. Well, thank you. Thank you. What's your favorite flavor ice cream? Okay, this is this is a good question. I have two. Can I do two? Absolutely. Um, a, someone on this podcast, and I can't remember exactly who, talked about thrifty ice cream. Oh, I don't remember who that was. And um, I also like thrifty ice cream. I like going there and getting it in the like cylinder shape. And my favorite one there is chocolate malted crunch. Chocolate malt. Okay, first off, I love chocolate malt milkshakes more than just about mm-hmm. anything. Is this? Is this a, oh, this you would this would be up your alley. What's the crunch? This, the crunch is a malt ball, like a oh, tiny, tiny malt ball. I want to drink so much. <laughs> it's it's the, the best. Cream. So Rite Aid will sell thrifty ice cream if you go to any Rite Aid. That might have been that might have been Fredo that talked about thrifty ice cream. It might have been him. I can't remember, but um, I can't. I think uh, it was the gentleman that talked about the biking story. Oh, it was oh, it was Anthony? I okay, it was, it was Anthony. Yeah, that sounds like an Anthony thing. What's your number two? The number two is chocolate peanut butter. Ooh. Any chocolate peanut butter, like you, you can't go wrong. Except for Ben and Jerry's, they went wrong when they went with like a. It was like chocolate peanut butter, but it was vanilla ice cream somehow. So like, well, how does that happen? Uh, it's like chocolate peanut butter cups. I don't know. I, I mean, I love cream. the chocolate peanut butter cups, but why would you do vanilla ice cream with that? No, it's I don't disappointing. Know. I don't. I don't. I don't <laughs> truck with that. No, sir. Uh, what's the best song written in the last one hundred years? All right. Um, this is really hard, as everyone says. Yeah. Um, because my favorite song came out two hundred years ago. So then that's frustrating. Okay. Well, but... <laughs> I think you get to give a twofer on that, just because I'm okay. intrigued to find out what okay. song two hundred years ago. Pierre Gint, Sweet One, Opus Forty Six, in the Hall of the Mountain King. Oh! Oh! No kidding! Okay. Yes. So. Now I'm excited. <laughs> so, can you hum it for people that haven't heard it before? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's your favorite. Yes. Why is that your favorite? You I just love the crescendo, how yeah. it just builds. It gives me chills all the time. Second favorite. Mm-hmm. And this again, is again. Oh. Is this, this also outside the window? No, this okay. is in the window. Right, it's in the in window. window. Um, again, this was super hard because I have a ton of composers that I love. Uh, Stevie Wonder's Superstition. That okay. would be my favorite. That is a groovy, bodacious song. Mm-hmm. That, that, that Stevie Wonder, I don't know what happened later, mm-hmm. but <laughs> there was a period of time that Stevie Wonder was the second Dreamcast of music. Like, he just couldn't do anything wrong, and everything was new and fresh and wonderful and completely different than what came before. And yeah. superstition kind of falls right smack in the middle of that. I feel like I don't know. Wait, what are you? Uh, I'm talking about your song. I love. I just love superstition. I don't yeah. know a lot of Stevie Wonder songs, but yeah. the, anytime this one comes up, I'm like, I should probably do that. Karaoke. Incredible ear, pioneer, and electronic synthesis. Just, just amazing stuff that he was doing. And I, anytime someone like covers it, I'm totally into it. Yeah. I'm like, yes, I love this song. Thank yeah. you for covering it. No problem. So that's a great choice. I, I, I approve. Oh, thank uh, you. Yeah, I wrote a uh, paper on Stevie Wonder in the in the third grade. I had to write oh. a biography. And I, I I wrote about Stevie Wonder. That's and, uh, awesome. Yeah, you, oh, the songs are good. Uh, what's uh, what's your favorite word? My favorite word is facetious, and here's why: it's all vowels in order. Did you, when did you notice that? Uh, in high school. I have never noticed that. Yes. It is A E I O U. I doubt I that happens in another word in English. I don't know if it does. Facetious. <laughs> A-E-I-O-U. I, I feel like I felt when I saw that the clouds and the bushes in Super Mario Brothers were the same thing. I was like, what? <laughs> no, it's not possible. 
Severus Snape is a good guy. Uh, okay, that's bravo. That's, no, thanks. That's my favorite answer to that question. Okay, good. The show. That's incredible. If you travel through time, meet any one person. Who would it be? This is the answer that pretty much everyone gives, and that's Jesus. Okay. Like, obviously. Well, yeah, I think you're I think you're Jesus number three on the list. Yeah. yeah uh, so far. You gotta. You have to. Why Jesus? He's the most famous person ever. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's probably I true. Mean, so. Remember John Lennon? Uh, defense, uh, I'm sure there's people that have no idea who John Lennon <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, you're going to meet Jesus. Uh, what are you going to chat about? I don't know. I would just really like to see something like him walking on water. So you want to see a miracle? Yes. Okay. That would just be awesome. Yeah. I just want to see it with my own eyes. Just witness it happen. Yes. So, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those, those fascinating things. You have the stories about the miracles. And then you have stories where people walked up on like, hey, will you show us a miracle? He's like, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't perform on command. So, well, I, uh, I, hope, uh, I hope one day you get to see Jesus walk on water. I'd say that's going to be pretty, pretty darn groovy. Uh, great choice. Um, what's the most terrifying creature in the natural world? Now listen. I am a parent. Oh. That means that the most terrifying creature in the natural world is lice. I am in fear of lice every single day of my life. I look for it constantly. I am so fear. I give like um, anti-lice spray my kids' hair every single day. I don't know if that works. Has the infestation ever taken place? It's been in place many places around me. And I've had it as a kid. Okay. So, but so far, your children untouched. Correct. By, uh, by the fell cold finger of lice. <laughs> lice are terrifying. As a bulk man, they're less terrifying. But yes. they get in your beard. Apparently, I've heard oh, too. That I've heard of beard terrible. lice. Yeah, I've, I've heard of beard lice. So apparently, that's a thing. So yeah, I, uh, I've been fortunate. I've never had lice. Um, my mother got them when she was a kid, and it's like mm-hmm. the old story. She hear my grandmother put my my mother's head in the bathtub and poured a can of kerosene. Yeah. On top of her yes, head to get rid of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, there's a home remedy. Hope there's no match nearby. Yeah, the good news is that now they have people that will like come out to your house and get rid of them for you. Really? Yes. They have lice police? There are lice lice ladies. Wow. Like lice ladies. Yes. I mean, for a pretty penny, they will the, come out. The, oh, the, okay. I just imagine <laughs> this is a public service. Like, no, 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 no. Like, no, hello, no. we were just in the neighborhood. We thought we'd. Uh, <laughs> Wait, comment. Wow, I, I'm I'm kind of disappointed now. I was really hoping it was free. Oh, um, that would be things. great. Oh, okay. Maybe I should get in the lice lady business. That sounds like yeah. Yes, pretty you got to come up with like a catchy name. How about Nits are the pits? Hit or miss me? That's a pretty good one. So kind of fun of that one. Um, who's your first kiss? Uh, his name was Jeremy. It was terrible. It was like in a park. Uh, <laughs> was it the park that made it terrible, or was no, it Jeremy it was that made bad. it terrible? It was yeah. bad. How old were you? Sixteen. Sixteen. It's terrible. So you're like, been here sixteen years. Time for kiss. Oh, that did not go well. Didn't. Ah, didn't. Jeremy let us down. <laughs> Cake or pie? Pie, totally. Number one. I love it. Yeah. It's, it's the proper answer every time. Um, did I miss any there before we get to the last one? No. All right, we're through. All right, then. In that case, so what's one question you have for me? I know that you taught kindergarten. I did. Um, did you have a how did you get into teaching kindergarten? Okay, I so I uh, I went the uh, the way of the the uncredentialed. Um, okay. So I've done a lot of stuff in my life. Uh, I pastored. I worked in IT and network engineering. Uh, I have taught college as an adjunct. I worked in video games, the NES, and I also taught English in Japan for several years. So the school that I worked for, which is a private uh, English language school in Japan, had contracts with a number of local businesses. One of those was a Sony uh, 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 Sony factory in Minakama, where I go teach Sony workers English. Okay. Uh, another one of those contracts was with a kindergarten. Uh, and <laughs> so every week I was that kind of, you know, the guy that would show up in school with the parrot and the ferret in the cage I don't and, know and the guys. snake. Have you ever had that guy come to your school <laughs> from the nature center? Oh, okay, yes. Yeah, okay. I was that guy, uh-huh. except I came to teach English for an hour. <laughs> so, Really, it, ostensibly, my job was to teach English to four and five year olds. Mm-hmm. But really, I was a human jungle gym. Okay. Um, I was the tallest, fattest, 
beardedest, baldest thing these children had ever seen because most Japanese men are not bald. Very uh-huh. few have beards. Very few are tall, and very few are fat. So I barely look human to these children. Hmm. And I would show up. They called me Tamago Sensei, which means egg teacher because I was bald. <laughs> egg and Tamago Sensei <laughs> would show up every time to learn English. And we would sing English songs and learn English words and A-Ah Apple and Bebop Bear and Seacock mm-hmm. Cat. And then they would jump up and down on me and, um, and like, pick me up and carry me around and stuff. And eventually that kindergarten gig worked out so well that I, I did some stuff at another kindergarten. And then the kindergartners started coming to our school after their kindergarten. And so I ended up with quite a few students that age because yeah. Tamago Sensei which I was kind of popular. Uh, so people wanted to learn English from Tamago Sensei. And um, oh, yeah. So I my my kindergarten students were all uh, yeah they used to draw me all the time and there was always a shine. Like they would put light coming off my head and whenever they sketched me and it to this day my students range from uh, pre-kindergarten to people in their uh, well past retirement age. Um, uh, I've never enjoyed anything I've done more than teaching English in Japan. Um, I loved it. It was an opportunity. Uh, honestly, Pocket Space Soup, in some ways, is an extension of a lot of those one-on-one English teaching sessions that ended up being less about language and more about life that I would have with my students in the evening, especially my adult students. Mm-hmm. And I, I've never loved doing that. Yeah, so that's the answer to that. That's a great little soundbite. Less about language, more about life. Yeah, that's what I those like thoughts that. are. Oh, thank you. That's kind of you. And thank you for coming. Now, people can and should watch and listen to you. And once again, where are all the places they can do this? So many places. Uh, you can find me on YouTube, youtube.com slash hit or miss movies. Hit or miss movies. All miss one movies. word. Yes. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Miss Movies, and if you want to check out my Instagram, you could. But that's Miss Underscore Movies. Ah, okay. Yeah, it's not as exciting as the other. Brianna, it's been a pleasure. Uh, thanks for coming on our little show, uh, and you guys, it's been a pleasure. Once again, mail at pocketsfuls.com. Love, love the fact that you continue to watch and listen and make my dreams come true. Thank you so much. Um, you know, uh, love your neighbor. Do something nice for somebody this week. Uh, tell somebody you care about the thing that you want. And uh, the last time, bye.